0: Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary contexts, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith, so we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast we're following up on uh, the last in the Fruit of the Spirit series, uh, talking about self control. So, um, Debbie, thanks for not jumping in right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: holding back with my, I'm, I'm practicing self control. Yeah. Sweet. It is. I mean, I, if, I mean you, if you just, were if you were in worship yeah. yesterday, um, you'll know that um, I talked about uh, chocolate chip cookies and making them with my grandchildren. And the end of that story, the very end of that story, is that when we got home uh, yesterday from church, each of the two grandchildren had two cookies in their hands, which makes for four cookies. And I know I almost I almost cried, uh, but then I learned that. All of the cookies were gone. I know, I know. I dodged a bullet on that one, but I almost cried in doing so. So that is the end of this cookie story. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: just just to say, I didn't get any, so anyway. You didn't get any at all? No, that, you Well, I got guy. a couple of them, but yeah. I went yesterday and they were all gone. Anyway, yeah. on, on to bigger things. <laughs> just to refresh our minds, we were talking about um, the Greek word... Uh, gratia, uh, which translated temperance in some translations, self-control in others. And to lift up again, it's the virtue of one who masters their desires and passions. Um, just reflecting back a moment on the whole fruit of the Spirit series, every everything begins with God's love because that's the introduction to even the fruit of the Spirit being relevant or having any relevance. Uh, self-control is is the the foundation of, on which we begin to to bring those fruits into. I started to say fruition, but that, <laughs> bring those fruits out in our lives. Bring those fruits into our lives. Bring those fruits back into the world in a way that uh, God's love can be expressed to other people. Um, again, but it's it's the sense of a fuller life. What not only this fruit, but all of the fruits—that's what—that's what he gave them to us for. I think a sense of a fuller life, or again, I really like this more blessed life, or a happy life. Uh, we look for happiness in so many things, um, and it's right there in front of us. As at least for those who are disciples are, uh, it's that's kind of right there in front of us. Uh, but I had ran across the phrase someplace in the last several weeks as I've been working on this, and this phrase, God-honoring life, really struck a chord in me, uh, because I often say all I want to do is honor the Lord. Uh, a God-honoring life is one that is self-controlled, rather than uh, it's self-controlled, it's also God-controlled, and those two things walk hand in hand as we think about uh, what self-control is or what self-discipline is, or spiritual discipline is, or, um, uh, and my mind just went blank what the other one was I was going to say, mm-hmm. the disciple's life. Mm-hmm. All of those are tied together in this whole picture of self-control. It goes far beyond just making myself either do something or not do something. Uh, it, it comes to a place that if I'm going to do something, it's going to have a purpose and a meaning relative to God and to the kingdom, at least for the disciple. If 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 I'm just uh, Randy out living in the world, then maybe it means I I bring less grief upon myself if I'm more self controlled, or I get further ahead in life. Um, but for one who's a disciple of Christ, it means that uh, not only is uh, God manifested in the life of a a believer or a disciple, but it also means that uh, his witness, the witness to his glory, the witness to his goodness, the witness to his grace, somehow I think uh, is lived out in a a way that's healthy and good. Uh, I think about, uh, not to be cynical, but I think about sometimes uh, things I've said or other brothers and sisters have said, In the context of our Christian lives, that really did not reflect God. They more reflected our emotions or our thoughts or our attitudes for a moment. And um, that's at times done damage. And so I think that uh, self-control helps us to to put – I don't know if I like this way I'm phrasing this – to put forth God's best foot – But I think sometimes we're a hindrance to God rather than a help to God. And I believe self-control, that spiritual gift, goes beyond my capacity. That spiritual uh, blessing, that spiritual fruit of self-control helps make a difference in our lives, in the lives Um, of other people.
1: I saw in in looking at the self-control, I saw another passage in which Paul uses the same word. Um, that same Greek word and that was in first Corinthians uh, chapter 9 verses 24 through 27 and in that he is comparing uh, Christians to uh, athletes and and um, uh, who have to train uh, for sports, and and they have to focus those energies in a good way. Um, uh, there's a show that, that we've watched on TV, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's a celebrity game show kind of thing, a celebrity all star. I don't remember what it is. Um, but one of the uh, events in it is getting in a kayak in a pool, and all these celebrities are trying to jump into the kayak and then uh, row to the end. Of the the pool and then back and some of them can hardly get in the kayak and aim it toward the other end of the pool let alone do a straight line um you know in that in that lane and and paul is saying you know it's not going to do you any good to go all around or or box in the air he talks about Mm -hmm. um you've got to have a focus to those and um and And I thought that that was a really good illustration of what self control is focusing our energies and our our um, our abilities in the right direction.
2: I ran a track when I was in high school for a year i uh ran distance um but didn't have cross country um and there's really as I think about th- those words there in corinthians i think about the race that he's talking about there's really two kinds of races i think there are sprints i was never extremely fast in an extremely short period of time so i didn't bother (laughs) all right i had the endurance though to run for a mile or two miles or longer in fact i would often run the mile and the two mile uh race uh when i was uh, uh running track and I think part of what Paul's talking about here is uh, we know that in a race all runners run uh, and we need to run in such a way as to get the prize Mm -hmm. Um, and I think at least it's been my goal I guess is that I don't have to be the speediest person or the flashiest person uh, but I want to run consistently day after day year after year whether that's in my spiritual life or whether that's in ministry uh, and uh, that's what when I read this about runners that's what my mind goes back to as to some of those uh, painful days um, gosh when we would go out and he would send us out into the country for an hour to run mile after mile up one hill and down the other uh, and I wanted to be successful at that and so whatever pain was involved in that I was willing to do that uh, I mean, some days my lungs hurt so bad that I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Other days my feet hurt so bad. Uh, my first pair of track shoes was a used pair of track shoes, and so I managed to get blisters and miss a race because of the blisters. Um, but I didn't quit. And part of that is self control, I think, as uh, uh, Paul's using that illustration here, is that we run that race for the long distance, the long haul that's in front of us without quitting and without giving up. Uh, it always it breaks my heart when I see somebody give their heart to Christ, and they're around for a couple of years, and then they move on, and they give their heart to something else, and they give their heart. I had a friend in college who, uh, who uh, we had become not only friends, but brothers in Christ. But before our college days was over, he gave up his call to the ministry and eventually gave up his relationship with the Lord. And I just always felt bad for him. I always wondered what I could have done that would have helped him. But when you withdraw from people, when you withdraw from the family of God, when you withdraw from fellowship, when you withdraw from worship, you're really leaving yourself open to be drawn away. Uh, to be pulled away and that 's what he was. he was just simply he met somebody else. she had some other values, and she pulled him away from our fellowship group. she pulled him away from called to ministry and um if anything that says something about self control that we continue if we don 't have it, we give others permission to help us mm-hmm. that 's true um,
1: they they remain they become <clears throat> our focus and our and our Partner, GPS or our guide or whatever.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the so the the earlier translation um of this word that we keep talking about, um temperance, uh it made me think about at least our our societal efforts to um <clears throat> kind of legislate uh, perhaps this idea of of self-control. And I think there's no coincidence that more modern translations have reinterpreted that word from temperance, which is what we would often associate with uh, early 20th century mm-hmm. efforts to um, eradicate uh, kind of the, the, the social or what I would say individual uh, kind of uh, vices, uh, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, those kinds of things, um, to legislate that in a, in a social space. Um, instead of dealing with it in um, what we would now consider um, an internal or an individual space, and that that you know I'd forgotten about uh, that <clears throat> that early translation of mm-hmm. that word and that that brought up uh, just a kind of a wonderful little <laughs> kind of historical thought experiment how the church has tried to um, uh, tried to deal with this uh, throughout history, um, and it, it's it's that you can just see that pendulum swing back and forth. This is solely on the back of the individual. Nope this is this has to be legislated and um, based in a social contract with all of us, and then it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, and uh, you know, none of those analogies that Paul uses have anything to do with. I mean, they are they are very um uh, individual sports analogies yeah, they are <laughs> i mean they are. they are uh they're very tuned to so i think i think self control is the better of the translations but um I also want to be you know mindful not to swing too far back in the mm-hmm. other direction to go this doesn't have anything to do with um with those around us as well and and helping set parameters for all of us as uh, you know a locality a, mm-hmm. a group of people. Uh, but I think you've struck that balance that balance well, but um, certainly the, the temperance movement mm-hmm. um, uh, is, is uh, well, it's quite fun, isn't it?
1: Well, it's probably <laughs> the English language that ruined the word temperance, um, you know, the, or not the English language itself, but what we did with it, what yes, we associated say, yeah, with some, it. Some people ruined yeah. it, yeah. yeah. So for us to use that <laughs> word, you're right, it brings back all of those memories and all of the... Kind of comedic um, uh, uses of that word right now.
2: Well, I flip-flag. Flip, flip, flapped, flip, flapped back and forth uh, between King James and NIV or some other translations, including yeah. the Message. And uh, one of the reasons I didn't for that simple word of temperance. When I hear temperance, I think about uh, the trying to do away with the speakeasies and all the lifestyle that that created, and trying right. to do away with alcohol, yeah. which then just led to another whole a genre of life called uh, uh, moonshining, moonshining, and running. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which then begat which yeah. then begat NASCAR <laughs> and so, oh my I, uh, I, thank uh, you yeah. for bringing out yeah, that direct I line I know, but I know. <laughs> you know the, I the truth is <laughs> I and I've thought this for probably the last 30 or 40 years I've said that you cannot legislate morality and uh, there is a, a level of of um, honesty with which the church has tried at times, through governmental even guidance or pressure or whatever to legislate certain things. But the reality is it's got to be a heart issue, too. I mean, we do it together. Uh, Hopefully we do it. If we don't do it together, again, we're going to be left out there by ourselves and probably not make it not not in every case but i'd say probably in 95 to 99 percent of the cases you won't make it if they're out there by yourself so self-control is at one level an individual thing but but it's got to be at another level it's got to be a corporate thing there's got to be other people involved in it um
1: i am i uh taught the uh i had the honor of teaching the senior high youth on sunday uh in sunday school um and we talked about self-control, and I and I talked about the fact that we need each other um, uh, to uh, hold us accountable. I mean, if we have a, a goal in mind, um, we need other people to help us with that. That's why um, athletes have coaches, to right. teach them the skills and to remind them. Of what they need to do. This is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to keep that focus, and and we need accountability for each other, not somebody to crack some whip and and say, "Hey, you rotten person, mm-hmm. you're off track," but for someone to say, "Hey, remember um, what you said you wanted to do. You said this yourself, and we talked about ways in which um, we can surround ourselves with those people and tell them." what our goals are, you know, where we feel God is leading us. And um, um, that's that's really important. Clergy are expected to be in some kind of small group of, of other clergy. Um, in fact, we um, are, are getting ready to register for uh, an event, uh, an annual event that we have uh, called Covenant Keepers. And I haven't registered, but my, my uh, sisters in Christ have, and, and they've said that we need to say who is the leader of our small group. <laughs> um, and, and so they're being really intentional about that. You know, are, are you, because we all need it. Um, obviously, clergy are not the only ones, but we all need um, some brothers and sisters to walk through this life with us mm-hmm. and, and to help us out.
2: I think about, in in terms of just sports illustrations, coaches are not only the ones that encourage us, but then also uh, I was uh, watching a little bit of football yesterday afternoon. Our teammates, um, you know, somebody just gets bananas out on the field, and I've watched teammates grab them literally on a court, basketball court, in football games and baseball games, grab them and pull them out of the fray because they have lost Mm -hmm. self-control. Uh, I'm not sure sometimes we in the church are as good at doing that. Because we're afraid
1: uh, of being judgmental.
2: Afraid of being considered judgmental or afraid of meddling someplace. Uh, but there, frankly, are probably times when we need to grab each other and hold on to each other so that the words stop or the swinging stops or get them out of the middle of the fray so they can get control of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um
1: I think the lack of self-control, um, and I think I think of times in my own life, um, eating is just one of those times when the lack of self-control has uh, consequences. Um, but, you know, there, there are other times when after the fact I'm thinking, why did I do that? Um, that, that didn't have a good outcome. Um, but in the midst of it, you know, it's pretty good in the midst mm. of it. Yeah, um, and and you do need those people to say, hey, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What are we doing here?"
2: I uh, someplace, someplace a long time ago, uh, I uh, came to a conscious decision that I wanted to be spirit controlled and not Randy controlled. I wanted to be. Uh, I didn't want emotions to control me. Uh, I didn't want fears to control me. And so, heaven uh, in my early in my life been given to heaven not a rampant temper, but I could, I could clearly express my views and thoughts of another person's uh, life. Um, I worked at that. In fact, I worked at it hard enough to the place that I even would ask others that I trusted, How am I doing with this? Okay, is is my cynical approach? we were i was in my covenant group the other day and we were just talking about cynicism uh because we were all superintendents at one point in time and uh how cynicism has either increased or decreased and for most of us it's decreased after uh, we left that one particular position uh, although two of us are still actively involved in ministry and um so you know self-control just uh it's it's got to be a god thing for me um just got to be a god thing a couple other things i wanted to pick up that i didn't get to yesterday i knew i wasn't going to get to them but my fallback was this morning in mm-hmm. that uh, uh just some practical steps how you move yourself into a self-controlled spirit-controlled life and the first thing that i would say is i did it one step at a time i didn't try to do everything all at once i took it one day at a time sometimes even shorter than that but I worked at that. I, I made little note cards. I put things on the dash of my car. I did uh put it in a in a, a classroom notebook or something just to remind me about how I wanted to be living out my relationship with God in in a healthy sort of way, not just for me, but also for him in the kingdom sort of way. Um and then I made up my mind, again, I can remember running some of those mile and two mile races and not being the speediest person in the world when we got uh, i think it was eight laps around our track at greenfield for a mile uh thinking boy after the end of that sixth lap everybody else was pretty much done and my coach would not let me stop he made me run those other two laps or it was 16 laps for a two-mile race and he would never let his team stop until we had run the whole race and uh you have to make up your mind to finish the race and not not quit ahead of time. One of the things that I have a friend of mine, <clears throat> um, and I've been impressed with what he's done in his life with his family. Uh, his name is Fred, and uh, he has talked to his children and taught his children how to have a spiritual plan for their life. I mean, we talk about financial plans, we talk about educational plans, we talk about planning for our future, we talk about Retirement plans. But one of the things that I'm not sure we talk nearly enough about is a spiritual plan for my life, or a spiritual plan for my marriage, or a spiritual plan for my children's life. Now, obviously, I can take the children only so far, but what is it that I want to teach my children? What is it that I want to shape in their hearts? What is it that I want to train myself to become? Uh, and and I have this image in my mind of a quiet-spoken, easygoing, deeply committed, godly man, and then branches off from that husband and, and whatever else that is. But that's the plan of – of that's why I go back and read the Gospels every year at the start of the year so that I can see once how Jesus walked and have that plan and, and pattern my life after that.
1: And that's an excellent idea. That's not something that I, that I would have thought to do even – even as a, a pastor as I raised kids was, what's your spiritual plan? I wanted them to know Jesus and I had my plan for them, but you know mm-hmm. I didn't talk to them about what their plan might be mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a and, and I mean you have to know what the end of the race is going to be I mean not just heaven um, but you know life throughout it you know where's the goal?
2: Yeah, my plan for my kids was never to be a CEO unless that's what they wanted to do. I've told them I said, if you work at McDonald's and you love the Lord, not that McDonald's is some low level, Yeah. but I'm saying if you work there all of your life, you do great work, you're committed to what you're doing, you work hard, you love the Lord, and you find some peace and happiness in life, then I think I've been successful as a dad. Uh, if you're a, a corporate magnet and climbing the ladder, but you've lost sense of some values of commitment to your wife or your children, then I think I probably have not done as good as I should have done at that point in time.
0: Yeah, I think you know, like you said, reading uh, reading the Gospels on a regular basis is a great a great entry point into that. I think when you're talking about um, uh, self discipline and self control, uh, you, you cannot go wrong with wisdom literature uh, in terms of proverbs. Uh, Ecclesiastes, um, these are great, I think formative but very chewy and uh, mm-hmm. very short uh, kind of ways to again put that kind of discipline inside of yourselves. You were talking about writing things, you know, short things, putting them mm-hmm. around on places. Those are excellent things um to pull from in that sense because they really are uh the the oldest model we have of of shaping the interior thought process, the interior decision-making process to say, uh, this comes with repetition and with rhythm. And that's why those sayings are so short. That's why they're numerous. That's why they're broken up into easily, you know, digestible chunks again and again and again. So, uh, you know, if you're not doing that, man, get, get on that right away. Proverbs incredibly easy to read. You can jump in, you can jump out. You could basically just, Open it up, put your finger in there, and read for a few verses, and you'll mm-hmm. you'll leave great, honestly.
2: When you think about looking for a place to start in terms of devotional, even for a daily thing, there's enough chapters in Proverbs yep. that you can read one chapter a day. Uh, and if you miss the first fifteen days of the month, and you st- want to start again, you can start start again on yeah. Proverbs fifteen and go through it once been. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking, I guess. On Sunday morning, I was talking about a beginning place for young Christians to start in terms of reading the gospel, and I mentioned the gospel to John. And I had three people come up to me afterwards and said, thank you, because I never knew exactly where to start. Now, John's a little heady and heavy to get into, but it's a place to start. And um, that's sometimes what we just need is a place to start. So,
1: this, uh, this whole Fruit of the Spirit series... Um I have enjoyed because um, we've talked about uh, how it's all in us already, Um, and I just like that. It just makes me smile to to realize that God has already put all of that wealth inside of us, that richness inside of us when when we have said yes to Him, and all we have to do is release it. And so I hope that people have picked that up, that um, um, they aren't missing a piece. (laughs) They've got Mm -hmm. it. We've all got it. Um, and and all we have to do is release it, and and God will certainly wants us to do that, and so God will certainly help us to release it. I just I love that about the, the fruit. Well,
2: that and when we're trying to sort out what God's will is, yeah, it, it 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 doesn't capture the totality of God's will, but it does give us pieces and places to start,
0: absolutely, in trying to live that out.
1: Absolutely, so. love that.
0: All right. Well, I think that wraps it up uh, for today. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with a deeper dive into... Uh, I believe um, the phrase Entering his courts with praise We'll be looking at Psalm 100 If I remember correctly Philippians uh, Philippians 4 So I'm talking about Thanksgiving in general uh, Since it's that time of year But uh, before then we hope uh, To see you on the internet uh, There, Facebook, uh, email Twitter, whatever I would love to hear from you and uh, any questions that you have uh, And you know where to find us So until then, grace and peace